This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode 204, episode 204 of the Vanner Branch Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtic season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBancher18 or on Facebook and Instagram at BannerBancher Podcast. And as you know, part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, No Limits with Kevin Cooney, The Return of the Wicked Fast Podcast, Be Fit, Drinks After Work, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, 30 Flirty and surviving and of course eat the damn cake you can always check out card vault breaks every single day whatnot youtube facebook instagram you can always go check them out in person at the card vault down at patriot place and at foxwoods resort casino they just had an incredible card vault card show down at the foxwoods rainmaker expo center great time over two thousand people showed up it, they're, they're going to be doing another one soon. If you're into sports cards, go check out Card Vault. And you can always check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday at the Big Night Media Instagram page at Big Night Media for your chance to win free tickets to upcoming shows at um, what's that venue called? Oh, yeah, Big Night Live. And then you can always get your Banner Banter podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Okay, so the last couple podcasts have been a, a little long, so I'm going to try and make this one a little bit quicker uh, than usual. And so we'll just get right to it. The Celtics are currently 36-15, and 15, still in first place in the Eastern Conference and the Atlantic Division. But the 76ers and Bucks have been playing some very solid basketball as of late and only two and a half games back of the Celtics. The Nets are five games back. In fourth place, Cavs are in fifth, five and a half back, and the Miami Heat are in sixth place. One game up on the New York Knicks, so they don't have to play in the play-in game. Marcus Smart is still out with his ankle injury that he suffered uh, up in Toronto. I haven't seen a time uh, a timetable on when he will return. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. But either way, the Celtics did not play well last week. They've won, or they've lost three out of their last four. They lost to the Orlando Magic 113 to 98 I called it I said it could be one of the more difficult games of the week and I don't even know what to say about this game because it's the Orlando Magic own the Boston Celtics for the time being they do I hate to admit it but they do going into this season the Celtics won 10 straight games over the Magic and now the Orlando Magic have won the last three in a row I don't get it and to be honest with you I don't want to get it and hopefully the Celtics don't have to play basketball in the state of Miami for a very, very long time because they also lost to the Miami Heat, which was frustrating, but not life or death because that's how some Celtics fans are treating it. I'll never understand it, and that's okay. But they lost to the Miami Heat in a close game, 98-95. to Marcus Smart didn't play. 
Jalen Brown didn't play. Al Horford didn't play. Malcolm Brogdon didn't play. And yes, I understand the Celtics were up 14 points at one point in the second half, and the Heat, and the Heat came back and won the game. And a lot of Celtics fans are pissed. I get it. But the Celtics are never going to go 82-0. and Like, it won't happen. So stop thinking about it. And I get it. You want them to have the number one seed. I want them to have the number one seed. I want them to have home court. I want to make sure that I give every single ounce of my hard earned money to the Boston Celtics. I really and truly do. But the this whole like you absolutely freak out over a game where you had four of your best players out is just ridiculous. Now, I don't know if this is, you know, my therapist helping me or whatever, but I'm not going to lose my mind over a game in January. I'm not. If it was April and seating was on the line, sure, I get it. I really do. Is it, you know, would it be better like if, hey, if the Celtics beat the Heat and that was the reason why the Celtics went or the the Heat are now the, you know, the sixth seed instead of the seventh seed. So the Celtics may not have to see them until the Eastern Conference Finals again if that happens. Sure. But like, stop. Stop with the Bulls. Like, stop. And listen, I'm a psychopath Celtics fan, but like I literally watched that game and went, fuck, that sucked. But that's it. And then I moved on. But people, I, I, I still, I, I bet you there are still Celtics fans that are upset about it. And I get it. I really do. But what else did you want? Tatum led the team in points. Tatum led the team in rebounds. Tatum led the team in assists. Tatum led the team in minutes. But his turnovers are getting worse and worse. But, and before I dive into that real quick, you're also not going to win a lot of basketball games when Sam Hauser plays 26 minutes and he can't hit a nightclub in Miami. He went, what, 0 of 6 and 0 of 5 from the field? And I thought the funniest part was Sam Hauser, the, the next day on his Instagram, posted a picture of him shooting the ball in the Miami game. It's probably not the best look for you, bud, if we're, if we're going to be honest. And then you also have Justin Jackson, who stinks, who should be up in Maine. He played 13 minutes. And also, no offense to, to Derek White, but he's not a number two option on this team or on any team in the NBA for scoring, and he scored over 23 points. He did his part unlike some others, number 12. But back to this Tatum thing real quick. I understand the last play of the game Tatum made, a bad read, bad turnover, waited too long in that last possession. It was the right idea. He made the right decision, but just wrong time, wrong place. And that was his seventh and final turnover of the game. And since the Bulls game on, when was that? Monday, January 9th. He is averaging three and a half turnovers per game, which is way more than his season average, which is 2.9 per game. And that's okay. His usage rate is through the roof, and that happens. And last year, his turnovers were at 2.9. So it's not like he's like four and a half turnovers a game this season. But his highest amount of turnovers this season have been nine, seven, seven, six, and six. But the issue is three out of those last five have happened since January 19th. Today, when the podcast released, episode 204, it will be January 30th. So in literally 11 days, he's had three out of his five most turnovers in one game. Think about that. The other bad part about it is in clutch situations, if I remember reading this properly, Tatum currently has the ninth highest amount of turnovers per game in clutch situations, a.k.a. when there's less than five minutes left in the game. J.T. Thor 
Jeff Doughton Jr., James Harden, what the hell did I just say? James Harden, Otto Porter, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, Nas Reed, Peyton Pritchard, and then Jason Tatum. That is a stat that I don't want to see Jason Tatum even in the top 25. This is something Jason has to focus on. His playmaking continues to improve. There's no way you can argue about that, unlike Jalen Brown's, because I don't think Jalen Brown's usage rate, I mean, uh, turnover rate and playmaking ability has improved in any way, shape, or form. I really don't, and I'll stand by that, even though he's the most important player on the team. But Jason Tatum needs to limit his turnovers. Like, if he does four or five, fine. But six and seven and the other team scores, and they get four or five points, that could make or break a game, especially in the playoffs. So I hope going into the All-Star break, Joe Mazzulla puts Jason Tatum in better situations so he can make better reads and get others involved while making the right play and not helping the other team. And by the way, shout-out to uh, Jason Tatum. He was named an All-Star starter. Congrats to him on that. Hopefully he's still motivated because, uh, what, maybe five or six episodes ago I talked about I wouldn't I'd be okay if Jason Tatum wasn't an all-star starter because he would be motivated and take over the league. This is usually the time of year where Jason Tatum goes off. I mean, he did drop 35 points the other night against the Knicks and almost dropped 30 against the Lakers. But listen, I need to say this loud and clear just so everyone knows. I don't care about all-star games. I mean, I love the all-star game. I love NBA All-Star Week, and I think it's the best in sports. But... I don't care about all-star starters. I don't care about all-star game MVPs. I don't care about three-point champions. I don't care about slam dunk champions. All I care about is Banner 18. So if you want to celebrate Jason Tatum being named an all-star starter, good for you. I'll give him a round of applause. But end of the day, I would have rather have beaten the Knicks on Thursday and get Banner 18 down the road. And hopefully that road is within the next, ooh, I don't know, three to four to five months so congrats jason tatum being all-star but i need a banner bud not a bunch of votes through the internet um what else the knicks game knicks come to town uh to start off a great stretch for the celtics the celtics um at the time on thursday they were starting their final 10 games before the all-star break eight out of those 10 games are at home two are on the road and the two on the road are against the pistons and the bucks so the celtics in these final 10 games, play the Nets, where they could win the season series, and that will be on Wednesday. We'll talk about that later in the podcast. The 76ers, who are two and a half games behind them uh, in the Eastern Conference and the Atlantic Division. Then the Memphis Grizzlies come to town. They have the second-best record in the West, which will be a fun game. John Morant on Super Bowl Sunday. Don't tempt me with a good time. And Brandon Clark. <laughs> also, the Bucks not on the road. Uh, I'm sorry, the Bucks game is on the road, and they're also two and a half games up. So you're like, okay, 8 out of 10 at home. It's a rivalry game because it's New York Knicks. And then once again, the Celtics can't finish a game. And to me, the Celtics not being able to finish this game was more annoying to me than the Heat game because Al was back, Jalen was back, and Malcolm were were back. So the Celtics start hitting threes left and right. Maybe another franchise type of night. 22-7? No. Yeah, 22-7 is how they started the game. Number 12 comes in for Jason Tatum. He misses a shot, gets a foul. And then after that, the Celtics just go dead cold. They're only up eight at um yeah i think they're only up eight at the end of the first quarter and then emmanuel quickly which i predicted in my last podcast someone from the knicks off the bench was going to go off and it was emmanuel quickly and you know that was a you know that was a game where if marcus smart was playing 
He controls Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson doesn't score as many points as he does. Julius Randle still may get his because Al couldn't defend him. Tatum couldn't defend him. Um, number 12 couldn't defend him. Those were just one of those nights where nothing was really stop, stopping Julius Randle. That's fine. But Marcus Smart being out on the floor could have slowed down Malcolm, um, could have slowed down Jalen Brunson. But the Celtics continued to miss a lot of threes. And it's slowly starting to fucking piss me off more and more. Last week, the Celtics averaged 34% from three. Their season average is 37%. So right then and there, you're shooting below your season average. They're averaging 41 three-point... Or this past week, they averaged 41 three-pointers a game, which was like over 45% of their shots. And they're only stopping... They're, they're not even making 15 of them. Like, they have to stop settling for threes. The ball movement in the second half of the Knicks game stunk. The ball movement against the Lakers stunk. Like, I don't know if this is like a real thing, and maybe I'll dive deep and talk about it next week on the podcast, but after the Warriors game in December on the road where the Celtics got smoked by the Warriors, the Celtics started playing some bad basketball. And then after their big win against the Warriors, uh, what was it, two Thursdays ago? They started playing bad basketball. So when do they start playing good basketball again? Because, yes, I understand that they beat the Lakers, and trust me, I'm ecstatic because there is nothing, nothing that makes me happier than when the Celtics beat the Lakers. But they got to figure something out because you can't do this roller coaster ride where you're on cloud nine and then you go into a deep, dark hole. If you want to fall a little bit, that's fine, but you can't do it all the time. And listen, I get it. They were down late. I think they were down 13. They fought back and had a chance to win. And I think that's really why I'm frustrated because they are a better team than the Knicks. And the Knicks, their two star players outplayed the Celtics' two star players. They did. Brunson and Randall played better than Tatum and Brown. And if you're one of the Celtics fans that can't agree and ignore that, then that's fine. But the ball movement sucked in the second half. Luckily, Tatum went off for a little bit. But you have to make your free throws. You really do. And I'm getting more and more concerned about Jalen Brown's free throw shooting. And I probably would have talked about this even if he didn't miss the the final two to basically win the game for the Celtics. Seriously. Because since the start of January, Jalen is shooting 72% from the line, which won't cut it. His career free throw average shooting percentage is 72%. This year, it's 78%. So it's like, great. He's improved. But Jalen Brown is currently 200th in NBA free throw percentage, 200th and 7th on the team. That could make or break him being an all-NBA type of player. He's obviously going to make the all-star team. I'd be, I'm, I'll be pissed if he doesn't because he deserves it. You know, I, I think those all-star games go a long way for the players, especially a guy like Jalen, um, who clearly is in the shadow of Jason Tatum, even though at times he plays but you know better than Jason Tatum. But... Jalen and Jason's clutch situations this year, like when they're in clutch situations, have not been good. And I'm and I think that could be a talking point going forward for my podcast, other Celtics podcasts, insane negative Boston media people, whatever the case may be. But Jalen and Jason in clutch situations, again, this is with five minutes to go in the game. Both are shooting forty one percent from the field. Okay, fine. Not ideal, but fine. Jason Tatum is shooting 23% from three. Jalen is 31% from three. Oh, daily burp. Or weekly burp, I should say. That's not good. And then Jalen's free throw shooting in clutch situations is at 68%. 
That's awful. These guys, if these guys want to win a championship and they want to win it together, the two of them have to help each other out in some way, shape, or form when the game's on the line because right now, neither of them are good this season. Hopefully it changes. Hopefully it changes in the playoffs, but if we can take anything going into these seven or eight games left, going into the All-Star break, we need to figure out how these two can get better when it matters the most. And that's going to be very interesting. And real quick, excuse me, let's talk about the Lakers game. I just have five things to say. The crowd stunk. It's Celtics-Lakers. It's probably the one time the Celtics organization would be okay if you absolutely lost your mind. The crowd stunk. It was quiet. The first two quarters were awful. Now, of course, the place was an electric factory in the fourth quarter when the Celtics were making their their comeback in an overtime, blah, 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 blah. Number two, fuck the Lakers. Number three, LeBron got fouled, but no one died. Like, he literally acted like someone died. And listen, I love, 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 love how much LeBron hates the Celtics and this city. I thoroughly enjoy it. I really do. I don't think a lot of players have that type of situation anywhere. Like, Joel Embiid doesn't have it. Giannis doesn't have it. Durant doesn't have it. I mean, yeah, sure, Kyrie in Boston, but that's a legitimate reason, you know? Um, But (laughs) LeBron hates the Celtics and wants to beat them in every single way, shape, or form. And I don't blame him for being upset. It was a foul. But he didn't have to act like that. It was stupid. Number four, the ball movement sucked in this game for the Celtics. It was ISO, 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 annoying, annoying, annoying. And number five, the last thing that I have to say, fuck the Lakers. Now it's time for Stud and Dud of the Week. Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics Stud and the Celtics Dud of the Week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 204 of the Banner Branch Podcast. The stud of the week is Derek White. Just a nice, solid week. You know, you were annoyed with Tatum having seven turnovers. You were annoyed with Jalen Brown missing the free throw. So you really couldn't give them that because maybe those free throws and turnovers would only have the Celtics maybe on a three-game losing streak, uh, winning streak versus losing three out of four. But the stud of the week is Derek White. Just a nice, solid, consistent, appreciated week. 14 points a game, four assists, four boards, shot 43% from three, 46% from the field, had a nice few blocks. His defensive energy, his style, the way that he plays, the way that he can recover and block shots has been great as of late. He kept his turnovers down. Nothing that really jumps off the page. But I also feel like Derek White doesn't get enough love from this fan base. I think he's an important part of this team. I understand sometimes his play can be frustrating, but this past week... With Malcolm being out and Marcus being out, I think he stepped up pretty well overall. Simple, to the point. Derek White, your stud of the week. Your dud of the week is number 12. And listen, to be fair to number 12, Al could have gotten it this week too. But eye test-wise, Al doesn't jump off the page to you when Al messes up like number 12 does. Seven points per game, five boards, scored in single digits in three out of the last four games. The Heat game, he scored 10 points. 10 points, but Al's not playing, Jalen's not playing, Malcolm's not playing, Marcus isn't playing, Um, 
Number 12, wake up, bud. This could have been a big game for you. Been like, hey, I can step up in big moments. But he but he couldn't do it. I I, I just don't think he did enough this week. He didn't miss a three, uh, which was nice. But he only got four rebounds. And when Al and Jalen and Marcus and Malcolm are out, that ain't it. And he also had four turnovers in that game too. The next game, he was a minus 18 for a game that went into overtime and only played 21 minutes. That just shows Joe Missoula was like, get out of here. There was one point where Joe Missoula went over to Grant Williams, number 12, in a timeout and was literally just like, just ripped him a new asshole. And I was just like, Joe Missoula, keep chewing your gum, bud. I appreciate that. And the Lakers game, eye test-wise, I thought it was horrible. Tried to pick up LBJ too much. He got torched every single time. He complained too much. And listen, he's not getting calls. You know who's getting calls on the Celtics before him? Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Rob Williams, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White. And then, on the other side, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook. Um, who else on that team? Yeah, that's probably it. So he's like 12th in line for getting a call. So number 12, shut the fuck up. Go stand in your corner and hit some threes. Try and be a reasonable defensive player that you are, or above average defensive player that you are, and get some rebounds and shut up. So stud of the week, Derek White. Dud of the week, number 12. And I'll also give myself a little dud of the week as well for mentioning his number 12's name during the podcast. Okay, let's wrap this up real quick. The Celtics only have two games this week. Nets on Wednesday night at CD Garden at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. And then Friday versus the Suns at 7.30 p.m. And then they're starting to play three or four games a week before the All-Star break. So first off, the Celtics will have a full three days off, which hasn't been great for them record-wise. But hopefully it will help with Marcus and Rob and they can have a fully healthy team against the Brooklyn Nets. The Celtics beat the Brooklyn Nets. If the Celtics beat the Brooklyn Nets, they will win the season series. They will win three games against them, which could help in a tiebreaker scenario if Kevin Durant comes back from his injury and then the Nets win 12 or 13 games in a row or whatever they did. So Katie's still out. The Nets are three and six overall. They have gotten wins over the Knicks, the Jazz, and the Warriors, which are all good teams, but they've also lost to the Pistons, Thunders, and Spurs. So they're very up and down without Kevin Durant. And listen, this isn't going to be an easy game. Kyrie can still cook. Kyrie's so fucking good at basketball. Whether you hate the guy or not, he's so fucking good at basketball. They have shooters, but they can be streaky. Seth Curry, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris. What type of games are those guys going to have? The Celtics need to contest their shots. Then they have Nicholas Claxton, who has been playing some of the best basketball of his career. In the last 10 games, he's averaging 18 points and 11 rebounds. Very impressive for someone who literally looks like he could eat it, who needs to eat a cheeseburger. Um, so in this game, you control the boards, you keep your turnovers down, you play defense, and you don't try to outshoot them, you'll win. And it will also be interesting to see if Kyrie gets motivated by the fans still booing him because, of course, for whatever fucking reason there, people still butthurt about his situation when he was here. Get the fuck over it. And then finally, the Phoenix Suns coming to town. The last time two, the, the last time these two teams played, uh, the Celtics won 125-98. to 98. It was in December where we thought the Celtics were just never going to lose again. Um, and the Celtics literally, in three out of the four quarters, held them to under 25 points in each, or in three out of the four quarters. Very impressive. But the Suns have won five out of six, including wins over the Nets and the Grizzlies. Uh, this is this will be their first game of five coast, 
West Coast or five game East Coast road trip. I was going to say West Coast, but that's the Celtics. So this will be the first of a five game East Coast road trip. Devin Booker is still out with an injury. Jay Crowder is still not playing for them. Cameron Payne is still hurt. Landry Shamit's still hurt. But Cam Johnson came back from his MCL injury and has been playing very, very well for them. Chris Paul is also stepping up, doing his thing. He is like a fine wine. He just he plays better no matter what the situation. It's, it's crazy. He will continue to make those elbow jumpers off the pick and roll and make the right play to get his guys into their spots. You have Mikel Bridges, one of the best defenders in the NBA, could give Jalen or Jason Brown hell. We'll see. Their bench is so up and down too, but very confident in the Celtics bench in this type of situation. Uh, their depth, I think, is a lot better than the Suns, but the Suns over the last 10 games have the sixth best, the sixth best defensive rating, but bottom four offense. So if you can crack their defense and play your top three defensive rating in the last 10 games, a.k.a. the Boston Celtics, if you can play good defense and play better offense, you're going to win the game. And I know that sounds stupid, but I'm being dead serious. If you can play defense against a team with a bottom four defensive rating over the last 10 games and then crack their defense, which is you know very, very good, it's going to be a no-brainer. The Celtics should win both games this week. If not, I'm going to be absolutely pissed. And that's it for episode 204 of the Banner Branch Podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. Uh, we'll talk to you next Monday. Stay safe out there. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night. Good night.